You're listening to the Coaching Life Podcast. What's up? Welcome to Coaching Life. This is Pat Martin. I am not with my buddy, Chris, or Coach Chris Stewart. I'm actually sitting at my uh, dining room table at my house. Yeah, I, ironically enough, you're calling in, and I have the studio with me today in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. How about that? You're right. We right. packed. Yeah, I, sunny, dry. Sun, <laughs> well, you got half of that right. It's sunny, but it's not dry. So, yeah, we we have uh, we have a really beautiful weather here today. It's sixty-one degrees and it's sunshine. You're gonna hear the wind blowing in the microphone, but uh, it rained for forty-two hours straight yeah. when we got here. They played one and a half ball games. Well, one a game in three innings. And uh, they got called, and I mean, there was water starting to set up on the field. It was just a mess, and so they they were off all day yesterday because of the rain. And I, I mean, it just didn't stop, didn't stop. And and I tell you what's amazing about this these fields down here, and just all this red. There's a reason why everybody up north wants the red clay. They 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 want to buy it because I'm telling you what, these fields were. There's a live cam, a live feed camera on every field that they're playing on down here. Yeah, they're awesome. And if you looked at that live cam last night at about 10 o'clock, these fields were underwater. And I'm not not—I'm not talking about there's a little bit of mud a little bit, no. or some puddles. They were underwater, weren't they? You looked at them, didn't you, Pat? Yeah, I, I can attest to that. They they were bad. And and we showed up here this morning, and they, they that for, threw the first pitch at noon. But they were out here warming up by 1030. And, uh, well, you know, it's not just – I mean, it's not just the top. It's the, the sand face. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, that's what you're 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 on just a bunch of sand right now. Just yeah, the water just soaks down through. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's a good surface, and right now with this wind blowing and the sunshine out, it's I mean, it's every minute it's just drying out even more. So we've got a lot of ball in front of us today. They're actually going to let them make up the games that they missed, and so they're going to play three today and three tomorrow. So we're play uh, a bunch of them. We're settling in here today, and I I couldn't be more giddy about it. I love it. Giddy, that's the. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're kind of stealing my thunder because you know. No way. A little bit. I am. Uh, I'm recuperating from some kind of stomach bug right now, but I, I was laying in bed yesterday and I was thinking, you and and your wife April traveled 500 miles. Yeah. Tuesday evening into into Wednesday morning to go down there. From Myrtle Beach to watch your daughter, Kaylee, play softball for Waynesburg in the Fast Pitch Dream Spring Classic. That's what it's called, right? That's it. You got it. You, you took vacation to go down there. Yep. Drove through the night. Didn't get any sleep. Nope. Left it left at about 1030 and drove all the way through. Stopped got one time. Watch, <laughs> got to watch Kaylee have a couple of bats and pitch an inning. <laughs> And then it started to pour down the rain. That's exactly right. And then it rained Thursday. And and you're kind of still waiting there to watch your play. Yep, she, she should be pitching the second game. She's, and you're giddy. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I see, what, I see where you're going with this. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. You're trying to transition into our topic of, of, of conversation today, aren't you? There you go. There you go. Can you imagine the aggravation or the frustration and disappointment in a lot of people's uh, mind and the way they behave if they experience what you experienced their last couple of days for their 10-year-old son or daughter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kaylee, she was throwing the second game. She's a pitcher. She was throwing the second game, and that's the one that got called in the third inning. We were up up three to nothing. Her first collegiate batter she faced, she struck her out. She was in a groove. She was pitching well, and, yeah, just got rained out. So now she's going to throw the second one again here. So, so she's sitting on the bench right now. And, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm, I am giddy because I'm getting yeah. to watch the team play some ball, and that's that's, that's awesome. what it's about. Yeah. yeah and she's in there cheering her team on like crazy. So. You know, I, I think people would say it's a different scenario because, you know, Kaylee's playing college softball. Sure. You know, she's an adult now. It's a different situation. But you don't enjoy watching Kaylee play now any less than what you did when she was 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's always, you know, obviously when you have kids playing, it's always a lot more fun when they're on the field, you know. Sure. And, right. and, and you, you – you get a chance to, I mean, you have something personal invested right there, you know, but I tell you, you know, I tell you something else that's cool. And maybe this is just the kind of person I am as well. I was standing over there getting ready for our game to start. And this elderly gentleman walks up with a lawn chair and he sets up right in front of where I was standing. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't realize, you know, I I didn't know. didn't mean to set up in front of me. I said, Oh no, go ahead. I'm uh, you're you're blocking the wind from me here. Anyway, I've, I got shorts on, by the way. I've, I've refused to put on long pants. We're down here in the south, so it's it's still a little chilly. People, we walk, April and I walked up with shorts on, and people were like, "You know, you guys, it's not really that warm." We're like, "Well, yeah, heck yeah, it's warm." <laughs> but what what go back to this guy that that's standing in front of me? Turns out he's he just lives nearby here. And uh, he doesn't have a kid playing or anything. He said, oh, I tell you, I just love He said, every time I I, uh, I, I hear uh, noise, you know, like there's coming from these fields over here, I come over here to watch. I just absolutely love watching ball games. I love, and he's just over here just taking it all in. He, lo- he just loves watching the game. You know, he doesn't have anybody here playing. And yeah, it sounds like something crazy is happening right now. There is, there is. We, we're up to bat, and, and uh, there was a, a ball hit to the infield, girl at second base. And she uh, got hung up in in uh, in a little bit of a rundown, but she was safe at third. So now we. Oh got, boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we came across an article uh, written in 2015 by a man named John Solomon. Mm-hmm. On this website, changingthegameproject.com, and the title of the article is "The Four Biggest Problems in Youth Sports Today." Essentially, the article kind of summarizes how adults make youth sports more about them than about their kids. Yeah, you know, and I, I, you know, I wanted to open there, just pointing out the way that you're approaching uh, today, and 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 I knew that you were excited about it, you know, before we came on the right. air. But why do I always say that coming on the air? Really, not on the air. <laughs> We're just recording this, and someday we'll be on ESPN or something. There you go. <laughs> but uh, John Solomon, he he mentions he go, he goes through basically four problems that he sees in youth sports, and I think if you if you read the article, you could you could kind of tell he's talking about this from experience. But the first problem that he mentions, coach, is parents who won't let the game belong to the kids. Yeah. 
And, you know, we've, we've talked about parents being upset about playing time or position or whatnot a lot on the podcast. And, of course, all the ways we as parents interject ourselves <laughs> into the games with our behavior and emotion, how silly that sometimes is, a lot of times can be. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like there's a question that came to me when I read that, that, that topic. And the question is, I was thinking, you know, when my kids are in their rooms, they like to play, uh, the Xbox and PS4 a little bit. Uh huh. And when I say a little bit, I mean a lot, <laughs> you know, I feel a lot different when I see my kids fail on the baseball field or on the basketball floor then I see them fail in Fortnite yeah you don't care as much about that about them failing at Fortnite, do you no absolutely (laughs) not that's I I wonder how many people you know have that thought of you know I don't know board games or card games or you know a game of tag or you know some kind of silly game that you're playing in a family reunion why those games don't mean as much to us as adults but when it comes to youth sports those games seem to mean everything to us they do they do <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it's a you know that's an interesting thing to ponder because yeah i think the only way to answer it is if we're honest with ourselves we have to say that there's there's it's a status symbol you know no one, mm. no one, you know, no one else cares about what your kid does with Fortnite either. You know, not just you. No one really knows about it. They're in, you know, they're in there in their own room playing, and everybody plays a little Fortnite and everything. The truth is, everybody, everybody plays. Point. Everybody plays a little bit of baseball. Everybody plays a little softball too. But there's a lot of social. I mean, there's a, there's a social, um, a sort of a social science study here. I think that we could do when it comes to the status our status among our friends and our ability to put our kids accomplishments on social media and to talk about it at parties and at work when they're playing for a team, you know, within the age of social media where everything's on Facebook nowadays for, you know, mom and dads and grandparents are putting that you can't, you're already seeing it right now. You know, the, the spring's just beginning and you're seeing every, you know, everybody, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. You know, my kids, you know, my kids first college at bat, my kids first college, you know, experience on the mound, whatever. And there's something, you're not posting that about your kid playing Fortnite, <laughs> but there's, but there's something. And I think the reason why maybe is because there's something about the, the status of it. I don't, do you think that, that there's something to that? I mean, that we're, we're, we're excited about the things that people might say, yeah. the reactions, you know? And so therefore when they fail at those, we get just as upset because they, our kids don't look as good, which means we don't look as good. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, at some yeah. point, basically, what you're saying is, at some point along the way, we, meaning us adults, we have removed, we have taken the game away from our kids, and we've made it about us, and yeah, that, and that, and, and that is the root of the cause of why we get so emotionally invested in their games, and their failures and successes. Yeah, it's kind of an expansion of the old idea of you know, kind of living through your kid. Yeah, living through your kid's successes and, and and whatnot. Yeah, kind of the same idea there. You know, um, maybe on a little bit bigger scale of you know 
how, how do people think about me based on how my kid performs on a on a sports field on a sports uh, hmm. in a sports venue? I mean, you're the article that you, that you're talking about. It opens up basically referencing a, a an issue that took place with a a volleyball team, right? I'm assuming it was like a travel organization or a league where a young lady was was on a team where, according to the parent, she was promised by the coach that she would play a certain position, the position of setter, and that she would get a certain amount of playing time. And because she wasn't getting that playing time, basically they're saying the coach lied to her, the parents tried to get the girl to leave the team to go on a, to go to another team the coach was going to allow her to do it but the league said that she couldn't so therefore the parents hired a lawyer to sue the organization right now think about i mean as i'm explaining this how are you're laughing doesn't that sound ridiculous yeah but it's it really happened and so that's what yeah. they, so that's the that provides the basis for this whole article and it just it, it just seems so ludicrous to, to, to even think about that idea. But there's a lot of problems packed into that whole scenario, isn't there? <laughs> and it's not just the parents' issue either. I mean, it's you know, the, for, first of all, if you're if you're coaching an organization and you promise anyone before the, before the season comes, oh yeah, that's to a bad, sign, bad sign idea. up for your team, and I, I promise you, you're going to get to play this position or that. You're going to get that much playing time. First of all, if you're a kid and you and you have a coach that promises you that, if you want to be recruited, and a college coach promises you a certain thing or that, don't go there because I'll yeah. tell you right now, they're lying to you. There is yeah, no it, way they're going to they, they they can promise you anything. It may end up being true. But that it's not based on the promise. Absolutely not. It's based right. that promise is given to you to get you to commit to them, and that's it. Yeah, honestly, that's a good segue into. It's actually the third problem that that the article mentions. But I, I say we go ahead and shift to that. Yeah, go ahead. And it's coaches. The, the problem is coaches who fail to respect the kids and the sport and ignore the massive impact they have on athletes' lives. Mm-hmm. I would say a coach that that sits down and makes a promise like that is thinking about what's best for the program and what's, what's going to give me the best chance to win. To win. Yeah. yeah. And, and really almost, you know, you say what's best for the program, but when I think of the program, I think, I, you know, I think, well, we should always be doing what's best for the program. I well, think, yeah, right. I think more, you know, I think what you meant was, He's thinking about more what's best for this season, you know. Well, I mean, you know, really, you just you said it. What's what, what's going to help me to win, right? Well, here's the thing: if, if you if you're thinking about winning, then what is best for the program probably isn't what's really best for the program. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if you think what that, you that best right. for the program isn't really what's best, and uh, well, and I think yeah. the issue, the point is, you're not thinking about the kid. You don't have the right. kid's best interest in mind. Yeah. What makes you a, what makes you a good coach? I'm I am focused on coaching the person and helping them be as successful as they can be, not only right now today on this team, but for the rest of their lives. Yes. That's that's today what makes me feel like I'm a good coach. Yeah, exactly. I have in my notes here. You have to coach the person, which is exactly what you just said. But yeah. I knew that would be familiar to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three of the of building champions. But there you go. If you're if you're coaching the person, you have an opportunity to be a great coach. I, I always said that I was undefeated through two years of six U baseball. 
That, that's when I they hit off kids play baseball at 6U. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hit off a tee and they don't keep score. You know? Yeah. But I, it, it's just a joke of saying, you know. I, wait a I minute. Wait a minute. Who doesn't keep score? <laughs> I, 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 uh, we don't keep We, we didn't keep score. Mom, I didn't, well, you know, mom and dad up there in the bleachers there. knew what the score. Any, any given moment in those games, you ask, what's the score? And there's a mom or a dad that knows, buddy. <laughs> Someone may have. But, yeah. but believe it or not. When I, when I first started coaching my son, my expectations were very low, and I just wanted to enjoy him watching him play. That's great. <laughs> that, that changed very quickly once yeah. he got a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, as the stakes get higher, man. You know what, you know what I think is, is actually funny? I, I think it's kind of a – I think if, if we were to, to create a, like a, a shape to this, you know, like a graph to it, I think yeah. I think life starts out that way with our kids in the really young ages, and you know, like you said, you just love you're just so excited to be able to watch them play, and you're not really that concerned because it doesn't make that big of a deal when it's in six U. But then that bell, that curve starts to those those stakes start to raise a little bit as they get as they get older, and it seems like twelve U. You know, a ten U, eleven U, twelve U, thirteen U. Those are like the crazy years. Like they're the, they're crazy high, you know. And then they get yeah. into high school, and it may still climb a little bit. But one of the things I've noticed is, and now that I have kids in college, I've relaxed quite a bit, to be honest. And I look at a dad like like uh, Rich Dobnak, you know, Randy Dobnak's dad, who we had on on our podcast, and Randy is now playing for the Minnesota Twins. They're actually talking about him possibly being the fourth or fifth starter, and yeah. he's having a really good preseason. And and Rich, even though he's a pretty laid back guy, he you know all the way through Randy's youth. But I think I, I love watching him on social media because he's just he's just enjoying it. He's like, ah, oh, you know what? If Randy plays for the Twins, great. If not. Yeah, he's just doing his thing. That's kind of his quote. Randy's just out there doing his thing. And it seems like that that curve, that it starts to come back down, you know, as, mm. as they get older. And I don't know if that's because everybody's so like I don't know what the I don't know what the benchmark is, you know, what the high point is. What's the, what's the climax of this? Is it we want our kids to get that college offer and once they get the offer we can relax? I mean, that maybe that's it. Maybe that's the the stopping point of it, you know, where that You're where, probably right. You're probably right because most, you know, we know from the statistics that, you know, most high school athletes aren't going to go on to play Division One college sports. Um, yeah, we know that they're definitely not going to go on to play uh, professional sports. Right. So that, that, the professional. Yeah, you're talking about a point one something percentage of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, that's that's not a level that you have to obtain for that status that we were talking about earlier. You know, no one's, no one's measuring you on that, right. but it, it's probably thought that if my kid makes it to college, you know, to play college ball, then, then maybe that, you know, that status is ticked up a little bit. You it know it, it satisfies something in the parent in the mom. Or at the same time, if your kid doesn't go play college ball, you realize that it didn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, well, yeah, but so, then it's because then it's over, <laughs> right? Yeah, now well, you, true, now, and then you true, can go right, to the park and you can watch all the other crazy people, right? And then you can start right, making judgments exactly. like what you're. We're, <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. But, That's a good point. But yeah. yeah, well, you know, to to go back to that point about uh, the whole college uh, offer being sort of the the driving thing that 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 increases the stress of this experience. 
we're seeing more and more, you know, and I and I'm seeing I, I I'm seeing it, you know, firsthand right now actually, because there's some pretty good athletes uh, in uh, you know, girls uh, in the girls softball junior high divisions, you know, those levels right now, and I and and uh, I'm hearing more and more people talk about college with girls coming up into junior high, sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, and. And uh, so we're talking about 12, 13 year old girls, you know, and they and parents are talking about college with them and what they're going to need to do to go to college and, uh, and play. And that worries me a little bit, you know, and I know it's nothing new. I know it's, and, and, and you know, I, if I'm honest with myself, I did the same thing with my own, with, with certainly with my son, you know, because we are, I can remember standing there when they were 12, you, and, and we stood after we had just played one of the best teams in the state of Ohio uh, in travel, in a travel tournament. And we told them, guys, here's here's the stat, you know, here's the standard right here. What we just played, these kids are probably all going to be Division One scholarship offers. So if that's what you want, we got to raise our level of play to them. And I remember having that conversation with our kids when they were 12. And I wonder, standing in that circle, we had about four coaches out there too. I bet there were four people in that circle who were thinking about college in that moment. Uh, Those four adults. <laughs> Yeah. I bet we were the only ones, you know, and because I'm guessing those other 12 year old, those other 12 kids, those 12 year old kids, they're probably thinking about how quickly they could get in the pool when they got back to the hotel, you know, and and I, I just think this whole idea of playing ball in college has just overtaken everything. It's the whole reason for the travel. I mean, for travel ball, travel tournaments, perfect game, sure. you know, a perfect game, pastime, you know, Under Armour and all these things. They get these kids to come to these showcases. They pay billions of dollars for, you know, every summer to do all this stuff. And, and it's all driven by you're going to get to go play in college. And yeah. And that starts way too young, you know. It starts way too young, and it's why it's why. I mean, what what else? What would it, what else would somebody sue an organization? <laughs> right. You know. It, you know. I think the article even mentioned that maybe the whole reason for that was that uh, they wanted their girl to get exposure, wanted her to be noticed by college recruiters, and the point was, well, I guarantee you this: she got noticed when. Yeah. <laughs> You right. you made her yep. get you made her get noticed and it's it wasn't in a positive way. True, true. And you know you you wonder about that putting that much effort into reaching that level of college ball, but how much effort? And I'm not saying nobody does this, but I I bet you the the large majority don't think this way. How much effort are they putting into their study? That's true. You know because. Once you get to college, and you, and you're playing that sport, that's really not the most important thing in your life. <laughs> no, it, it is not. It, it, it's hard, and you gotta you gotta be focused on it. You gotta work hard at it. But the most important thing at that point, you know, from a uh, from a from a development perspective, I'd say, is how you fare in your college courses. Yeah. Because if because you know. well if it's not the most important thing you're not going to be playing college ball for long. Well, that, yeah, exactly. That's the, yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, you know that uh, Brock's got a. I'm not. I won't be specific, but I, I, there are players who come in, in the fall. You know they're there, and then the springtime rolls around, and you're like, hey, where's so and so? Why you know? Why aren't they? Why aren't they with the team? And the answer is, not eligible. Uh-huh. You can't. You can't play. 
if you don't know how to be a college student, if you don't know how to yeah. study, if you don't know how to do the, do the work. Exactly. Oh, we're about to score. We're about to score, buddy. Bring her around. Bring her around. Are we up on that? Hey, yes. We're on the board. It's been a pitcher's duel. All right. You're getting excited over there. I'm actually I'm about 50 feet or so from the field. I'm I I, I found myself a picnic table to go sit on. So are, are people sitting around wondering who this guy is? <laughs> well, I actually do. Like I, I've got a studio mic, and so I've, I'm sitting here with a with a microphone in my hand and headphones on, and I've had a couple of people turn around and look, but they they can't hear me though, so that's good. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. There's enough distance between me, but I I've, you know, got, we should- I've gotten a couple looks though. We so. should have had cards so you could have handed them out down there. That's right. Yeah. I should just be sitting up there in the stands and just talking to people, right? Just asking, you know, a little bit what of good. What's that? How are you doing right now? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that girl, the girl who just dropped the fly ball in right field. Mom, how you feeling right now? She just gave up a run. <laughs> oh, was it an error? Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. it probably was. It's, I, I, and I, I tell you though, it's an adventure out there. Anything hitting the air is going to be an adventure because there's a pretty strong wind blowing. Hey, what? It's blowing what in. What a great, what a great segue though, because problem number two is athletes need to own their decision, both good and mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, I'm not so sure that there's a whole lot of situations that that fits because it, he's in a scenario of a kid picking a team and not being happy with it. I don't think that happens all that too much. Right, I, I don't would, either. I would say instead of owning the decision, own the situation. Yes. You know, and how many times in youth sports does 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 our kid or, or our players as coaches make a mistake, and we immediately correct the mistake, or we try to remove them from the mm-hmm. pain of that mistake? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're basically what we're doing when we do that is we're removing the opportunity for them to learn from that experience and get better from that experience it's, we're stealing that opportunity away from them yeah and it's going to be one of the it, not while you're going through it it's not and it's hard but it's going to yeah. be in the long run one of the best experiences because of the learning that takes place one exactly. of the best experiences that she she or he could have and we it's just, it's just so hard to allow them to have it and it's so hard to allow them to to go through it, you know, but, but it, yeah. yeah, owning that decision or owning those mistakes is, is a huge thing for their development. Did you, do you follow Drew Bailey? He's a softball coach, a collegiate softball coach. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't remember I'm not for sure. who he's, I saw a tweet. I, it may have been this morning. I think it was actually tweeted last night. Their, their team played and they lost four to one. And this girl, he, he retweeted a tweet from one of the players on his team and he had a comment about it, but the, the girl's tweet said something like this. We lost four to one today and we gave up four unearned runs. And I, I was, a, I was the reason for two of those because I made an error in, in the field and, and I struck out when, with, with runners on, on base and could have tied the game up at one point or whatever. So she basically talked about her mistakes and he retweeted that and said, this is what I love about my team this year is that these are the things that you never see kids tweet about. You never see mom and dad tweet about this. 
this is why I love this team and why I love this this you know this player because she recognizes she she's owning it and because she's owning it she's going to be better for it her team is going to is going to uh, appreciate her more for it she's she's holding herself accountable for her right. own mistakes and we are going to be a better team because she's doing this basically she's going to be a better player she's going yeah better player better person and it's and it's all about i mean that's that's the whole point we're making right here. That's, You're that's going, the only way to get better is to walk through that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we take it away. And I, I you know, th- that status point you made—that's real good. I, I think that's a challenging point to people. I don't think people would want to talk about that very much. Yeah, I think we would deny. We, we would quickly deny it. I think uh, because because yeah, you, know, you know everything inside of us wants to say, "Oh, come on, I don't really care about my ten-year-old," you know. Right, I, but, but we talk about living through them. That's a form of living. It really is a form of living through them, you know. Yeah, and that's why we react so quickly and immediately to those situations. You know, when they fail, or maybe mm-hmm. when things aren't going well for them. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. And, and here's the thing: we we can have an impact on that situation, help correct the situation away from the field, away from the, the court, you know, mm-hmm. but people don't see that interaction. They don't see that work or correction. Right. So that, that type of, of effort doesn't impact your status. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's private, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the effort that's going to have the most impact. Right. You know, not only that, you're probably going to have, you're probably going to be able to approach it a, a much better way privately than you would the heat of the moment anyway yeah. so you're going to be you know you're going you're going to have better effort in that situation than you would yeah but because it's public because people can't see you visibly angry or visibly upset about you know your kid missing a foul shot it doesn't matter as much huh. that's the truth uh, but, yeah i agree i don't think pe- i don't think people would like that that theory too much. I, I, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not for sure. I like it. All right. That much. No, no. I mean, maybe, maybe that makes it true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if you have the article in front of you, Pat, I, I'm sitting in a ballpark, but it, if I remember right, as it was, as it was, uh, coming down to the conclusion of the article, the author was talking about how, if we are the ones to blame, you know, talking to adults, talking to moms and dads, and, and not just moms and dads, but all the adults who stand around and watch this kind of thing, you know, have watched our youth sports get taken away from the kids and brought into the hands of the adults. Basically, he was saying, you know, we're all to blame for this. You know, yeah. We all stood by and allowed, you know, the sports to become, I think, adultized or something like that, or adultified is what he said, you know, and pro- professionalized. Yeah professionalized i mean you know in, in many ways these kids look like profe- that you know they're carrying you know helmets and bags and four sets of uniforms you know, everything everything's on the most beautiful field it's all it's become professionalized there's not enough you know free play and things like that and it's not a, and he said this i won't forget this it's not a sin of commission like not for most of us we're not the ones committing the sin but we're the ones standing by and watching it happen and not allow and not changing not doing anything to change yeah. it and a I sin think, of omission. Omission, yes. And I think that's where you and I, that's where this gets really relevant for you and me and for this Coaching Life podcast and for what our 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 desire is. Ooh, sorry. Just a really deep fly ball hit to left with a runner on first. We're in the field now. 
She went <laughs> she went back and caught it at the wall. Excellent. Out of the inning. Okay. But anyway, the point of it being people are standing around and not doing anything about it, that hits yeah. me because that's why you and I do what we do with this podcast. That's why we're trying to start an organization, a, a, a player development organization, a player development team that hopefully will one day become an organization because we don't want to just stand by anymore and watch this happen. We want to provide a an affordable, relaxed environment for kids of younger ages who are not thinking about college right now, who are not concerned about being, who college coaches are frankly not concerned about recruiting right now, uh, and, and just let them learn the game get you know increase in their skills and their love and their passion for the game without so much unnecessary pressure that comes from you know the the professionalization of it or the adultification of it so absolutely yeah problem four was youth sports organizations that serve adults and not the kids mm, there it and is yeah I, I would say that a lot of people sit around and complain and and blame their their recreational league um, or, you know, travel organization commissioner, you know, who, who is leading their travel organizations, they'll, they'll blame them for the way things are being ran. Yeah. But at the same time, those people are handicapped by the adults that they are surrounded by. And they can only run the league as well as the people around them allow them to run. Yeah. So, you know, there's people, there's adults that are looking for certain things in their in in what their kids experience, uh, you know, in youth sports, and commissioners and, and and presidents and officers of these leagues and organizations, they have to abide within those guidelines that that infrastructure that is created by what I would say the majority voice or the louder, not necessarily the majority voice, but the louder voice. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And what we do a lot of times as parents, we stand by, we don't say anything. We kind of, you know, we'll complain and we'll say things need uh-huh. to change, but there's no one there to initiate the change. How many times have you heard that recently? I mean, everybody listening right now, how many times have you heard, or maybe even said those words, things need to change in the last three, four years? You know, right. something's got to change. We can't we can't continue doing it the same way. And maybe yeah. and maybe that maybe the reason it happens is because everyone, you know, it's just like everything else in the world. You know, we don't think we don't know what we can do. We don't really feel like we can. The change needs to take place on a larger scale or at a higher level. And we don't think there's anything we can do. I'll tell you what, there is something you can do. You can you can choose not to put your kids in those kinds of organizations, you know, and, you know, and you can choose not to spend fifteen hundred dollars a summer when they're 10 years old and instead give them a chance to play somewhere. And, and, and you know, maybe you start, maybe you start a development program. Maybe you start yeah. going down to the park and saying, Hey kids, I'm going to be down here every evening from six o'clock to seven 30. Anybody wants to come down and play. I'll provide a place for you. You know, problem is all of our parks these days are professionalized too. all of our True. fields, you know, so we got to figure out, we got to figure that out too, but there are things we can do. And that's kind of what you and I are doing, right? I mean, even, even our own efforts that we set out to do, we're scaling those. We're talking right now about scaling that back even more, right? Right. For the, for some of the same reasons, maybe we did have the idea to go to too many travel tournaments. I mean, that's actually one of the things that article talks about at the end, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yes. it says instead of going to seven travel tournaments, you know, stay close to home and play, practice more often, and maybe go to one travel tournament. You know, yep. let Mitch that be. Free play. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know what, I, I like that. I like that. You're, you're gonna have just as good of a chance to go play in college, if that's what you choose to do as a 12 year old group of kids. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right about that. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that statement actually at this point i wouldn't have been when my kid was 12 but i didn't know i mean it was just as true then as it is now but i didn't know i didn't have anybody you know telling me and so if if i can be that person to uh offer that to somebody else then that's that's my hope so that's good stuff i think just to summarize and we know we'll We'll cut her a little shorter today, so you can get back. Oh, to it's, it's getting exciting now, there. buddy. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm half with you, and I'm half watching the game because we're back up to bat, and and it's it, it's getting down to the late innings here. Well, the here's the thing, and you know, people could poo-poo, you know, the the conversation here today. Say, well, it's just it's just you sports, but if something would get stolen from our children, that's the point. It's just yeah. youth sports. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you... Uh, no, no, that is uh, yeah, right. You're right. It's just you sports, and we're allowing ourselves to steal that opportunity from our kids. Mm-hmm. We're doing it ourselves, though. Yeah. If something would get stolen from our kids, it would it would enrage us. It would infuriate mm-hmm. us. Yeah, someone steals your kid's bike, their yeah. Xbox, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, we'd be appalled, disgusted. We're stealing an experience away from our kids that they will never be able to experience again. Mm-hmm. And it's a great experience. There's majesty involved in it. There's, 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 there's just a greatness about youth sports that you just can't find, you know, very easy in life. Yeah. Especially once it's gone. We need not steal that opportunity from our children. And we need to do what we can to make sure it doesn't get stolen from them. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. We'll wrap it up. Wow. Sorry. Their left, their left fielder, just made a play. I'm sorry. (laughs) She. We had a runner on first base, and this girl hit a line drive to left field, and this girl laid out parallel to the ground and caught the ball. I don't know if you guys heard that. Listen, she wouldn't have caught that thing if it had been dry down there. That's right. She knew her her fall was going to be cushioned. That's right. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining the coaching life, Coach. You going to sign off from Myrtle Beach? I will sign off from Myrtle Beach, and we're, yeah, we're, I got two more games to watch here, and and three more tomorrow, and then we'll hit the road and come back to to. I, I hear it's sunny and beautiful Ohio, right? It's raining. My dad called me yesterday and said, "Hey, I've already washed the truck. It's sixty-seven degrees and beautiful." I said, "Just shut up." Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to hear that. Change because it, it's not. Uh, it's not a. It, it, I think winter has has uh, come back. It's returning. Okay. Friday. So, so the so everything's back to normal now. Right. It's, it's nice right. where I'm sitting here in the south, and it's and Ohio's back to Ohio. Okay. Yeah, order has been restored. That's right. That's right. So, well, no, thanks. Hey, I'm glad we got a chance to record this week, so we can put something out uh, for everybody. We, I'm telling you, we're committed to this. We're not missing a week, are we? And we'll it, do whatever I, it, it takes. We'll take it on the road if we have to. <laughs> we went through some struggles this week. Yeah, we did. We we we, we, we had Michael Deegan scheduled finally, and 
during the time we had to change the day and the podcast studio was booked solid from eight in the morning to 10 at night. And coach Deegan was like, ah, let's just try after the baseball season. Cause the one time that he could actually do it, we couldn't do it. So, oh, well, we'll get him. We'll get him. Yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him. Coach. Thanks. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. It's good talking to you, brother. You too, man.